thought that the tradition is a hindrance, violence type, and I feel claustrophobic. I always do freedom. Namaste and welcome to Indian Artpreneur by Kalata Pasya. I'll be your host, Sohini Karanth. On today's episode, we speak to Kathak exponent who has experimented with both traditional as well as contemporary format of Kathak. She is the director of a unique institute, Nadrup, based in Pune, and has brought out many out-of-the-box projects since 40 years. Let's speak to Guru Shama Bhate. My first question to you is, um, could you tell our listeners about your artistic journey? How did you encounter Kathak? First of all, I must say to everybody and uh, also my good wishes for this COVID to disappear very soon. It's really, really bothering everyone and of all the people, artists as well. So. I pray to God for the COVID to disappear, move away, and let us get back to our lives. That's what one feels. Yes, I started my journey as a young girl. I think I was about seven years old. Like everybody else, my parents also wanted me to learn some art form like maybe music or dance or painting. And then it just happened to be dance because uh, that's that's what was available, I think. I, what I really want to tell you is I'm born in 1950. So that time was after, immediately after the independence. And I come from America's family. And all the parents, everybody thought that they would give all sorts of opportunities to their children. So do well in life. There were since we had the independence, children should really do well and bring this country to the past glory was which one we had once. So that was the idea. So I think all parents uh, exposed and all their children to all sorts of arts and sports along with the normal school teaching. So I got into uh, dancing, but I must say that was like a hobby class. Uh, I would attend the class twice a week and I got interested, but uh, just a little bit. So you are there and you're happy, but of course, when you come back home, you're not thinking about dance that way, like all small children. But when I went to Rohiniji, she's I was a very fortunate person to get into her class directly. And because of Rohiniji, I got attracted to dance. And I thought that this was to be my career. This was to be my dream. I wanted to pursue that. Mainly because of Rohiniji, because she was like a role model to us. A very, very beautiful looking, very dignified lady. And also... The dance, very graceful and very contained in itself. So she had that and her personality kind of extended into her dance. So we all looked up to her and wanted to be like her. 
not just danced like her, but also worked in like her. So she was the first, uh, and of course the last was wife. So I remained with her, and I started pursuing dance. As I started learning more and more, I got into dance, and I realized that this was what I wanted to do. That time I thought that I'll find my self-expression in this form. And uh, that's why I wanted to pursue I got into Kathak by coincidence. But then I, I pursued it because I wanted to. Rohiniji was into Kathak, so I got into Kathak. But I want, uh, I pursued it because I thought that this uh, was one form which would give me ample scope for self-expression. And that's how I remained into Kathak all my life. And take maybe more than 55 years now. A long beginning. As a young dancer, what made you start teaching to rural children, uh, especially and uh, school children, instead of teaching, uh, you know, at a normal dance academy? Uh, listen, Swami, I must admit that I wasn't a young person anymore. It was about, I was about 50 when I thought about this. And also, uh, the other thing is, I was also teaching at the academy, like everybody else, in my dance school, which is which is called Nadru. And I had good students, so I was working uh, with them and trying to create new work, you know, find out new possibilities. And I also was very fortunate in getting good students all my life. So it was very rewarding to teach them. But when I turned 50, I thought that uh, whatever small identity I have or whatever this happiness I got is because of Katha and because of the society gave it back to. So I have to give something back to the society. I really know only dance well. I don't know anything else. So I thought I must find an avenue to to work where I could uh, do some social work. I tried to, I found this one is working with the rural children and the other with the specially adult children. Because uh, in rural, they all artists and I think uh, you all know that. That once we go out of, like we go out of Pune and Bombay here in Maharashtra, we feel Oh, people don't know about classical dance. They All they know is about uh, Bollywood dance because that's what reaches them through televisions and films. So they really don't know. So I thought it is, as a dancer, it is my responsibility as well to work with the rural children because if it starts at school level, they were school children. If it starts at uh, school children, school level, they would at least become aware of what Kathak dance is, what dance, classical dance is. Otherwise, it's not their fault that they don't know about it. So I thought that I also must make an effort to reach out to them. And that is the reason I formed the model and I taught at a, a, a couple of rules I went with my students, also the musicians, and I set up a model to teach them. I can't say teach them, I would say 
I would say make acquaintance or make them literary, classical dance literary, some teaching, some just to show them how it works, to teach them mudras, to teach them just maybe a easy in peace. And then at the end, show them, tell them their stories about Krishna stealing the butter and teach them mudras. So it, uh, to get them interested into the content of it. And then at the end, what we did is uh, we took some a few clips of uh, our dance performances so that they should see uh, how it looks in, it, in all its grandeur. So what is the end product with the light designing, with the costumes and with the proper music and everything. The children really were enthusiastic. But the, there, was, there has to be a system to make this uh, sustaining model, which didn't happen, mm. uh, unfortunately. I still have hopes that uh, one way or the other, I would be able to reach more and more people through this model. And with especially with children, I have great faith in dance as, an, as a medium. Uh, it has it holds great potential. It works on intellectual level, emotional level, physical level. So I thought if I uh, teach uh, special children to make their lives more and more uh, worthy, it would help them because, as you know, they don't know the eye contact. They can't count even the small four counts, or they don't know that it's uh, the everyday concepts which we take otherwise for granted, like uh, far and close, or yesterday and tomorrow. So it was not actually teaching dance, but teaching, making their lives more worthy, more uh, comfortable with uh, the principles of dance that we learn in our. Uh, so we had some activities like how does a fish swim then? How does a bird fly? Or if you look at a tree, this tree is only that high. But if you look at a moon, you have to look high up. So, you know, if you are walking like a hare, you run. But if you are walking like a tortoise, you just crawl. That kind of things. Or just we would use the tampuras uh, after a very um, strong activity uh, to make them steady and stable. They would sit in front of Ganesha and just listen to the music. So that uh, after that activity to make them to come to terms with them. And because sometimes, you know, they're very autistic children are very hyperactive, they don't, they don't, cannot hold on to one posture for a long time. So the forces, coordination, communication, confidence, mm. like that. So I worked on those three, those three things, concentration with the tantra. So that's how it worked. And children really loved it. They always looked forward to the coming every Sunday because we conducted classes on Sundays. But again, 
I went to I went abroad, and uh, there was a break. And you know how the breaks uh, always prove to be a hindrance in any activity. So I have come to a conclusion that uh, even if an artist wants to do it, you have to have a parallel system, supporting system, which can work. And both together can really work and make a difference. Because as an artist, I don't want to stop performing, stop creating, or stop teaching. So it has to be a activity which I would do as a supporting activity, as an extra activity, which mm-hmm. needs a support from some strong uh, association or organization so that it can really get uh, fruitful results. Could you tell us your experience to train teachers in Kathak and what has been the most important gaps that you always see? So I mean, what I feel is the young generation, it's smarter and also very clever and quick on the grasp. So I have really no apprehensions about that. But what I feel is that teachers, they should analyze a piece. If you want to teach a composition, you should analyze, put it in like a mechano that you separate the parts and put them together in the presence of the student. So if you separate them, they can understand what is the process of joining them together. You know what I mean. So if I take a composition, like I just say, so I would first tell them, ask them to memorize the composition. With Tal, then I would separate that. I'll still, I'll tell them the footwork. Then I'll tell them the moments. Then I will put it together. Then I will tell them how it uh, works with how the neck should be, how the eye should be, and where to stop, where to have the move, where to have the stability. All that things I'll tell later. So piece by piece, part by part, I will piece it together in their presence. And I think it works. So all the teachers, I would say that they should analyze the piece well and in front of them and put it together again as a whole. Because if you teach it as a whole, some gaps are always, they always remain. And there are holes which the students themselves cannot bridge. Mm-hmm. The teacher needs to bridge it for them. So I really, really believe in technical proficiency first. Mm-hmm. The footwork, hasta and ang to nazar, neckline, nose line, all that. Mm-hmm. So of course, dance doesn't stop there. It's a, even in a small composition, the feel of the composition, the expression is also important. But for me, the technique first. Once you're technically proficient, very sure, then you can put your own feeling in That's how I feel. So um, that way, I believe in having a very stringent technique. I would use that. Yes? 
And another thing I would say is, uh, I said that, feel an expression later. Because if you choose, uh, if you go from that uh, perspective, feel an expression, you somehow or the other tend to lose some mm. of the mm, technical nuances. Mm. Like shifting the weight, yes? or when to move in a chakkar, whether to stamp after the chakkar or before the chakkar. So such thing, if you want to stamp and stop, or if you want to stamp and move, you know, like those things, or when you are jumping, whether to jump a little before the count so that you land on the count, exactly on the count or you want to jump on the count and, and land on the next count. So such technical clarity, that's what I mean. So I would really, really urge young teachers to look at your compositions, what you are teaching. So I'm a very stickler for technical nuances, yes. Could you tell us about gurus who had a profound influence on you? Of course, my gurus first. Like I already told you about Rohiniji. She was a very, very, how do I say, a wonderful and generous teacher. She was, she would uh, play zikla, bolte na dono She would never hold onto anything she knew. She would teach us everything. And also, one more thing was, she would never uh, get tired of showing one, uh, dancing one thing again and again until we understood. Never that, oh, now you do it, not like that. So very, very, and uh, she was a person who would take responsibility of her students. So if we couldn't do something, Next day, she would uh, find another way of explaining, mm. another option to get to us. So that's that's how she had the profound influence. Again, she uh, also discussed music, discussed the themes she used in her choreographies. She also discussed uh, Costumes, lines. So it was like all round uh, development of a student who was uh, with her, and it was never, as I said, never holding back to anything. Every creation was in our presence. It wasn't as if the piece was created and taught to us. It was, everything happened in our presence. So that was the most important thing. So you got to learn directly. Hmm. And in that work, yes. Then I learned um, for a long time again with Pandit Suresh Talwalkarji. And he is a um, maestro of music and tabla. So I got to learn a number of rhythmic compositions which were not uh, in vogue in Kathak. They were, for Kathak, they were traditional compositions from tabla Khavajpi. They were not uh, very popular or not uh, very used in Kathak field. So I had to make 
my own um, hashtag or visual. So I learned quite a bit because I learned those new compositions and I had to work to make them dance, to turn them into dance, to make the visual, because dance is both audio and visual, right? So I had to work on that. And that uh, that is number one. But number, number two is even more important to me because he is, uh, he is, and at that time he taught us about all that is to know about classical music and the classical musicians, vocalists, sitarists, sarotes, and all music. So I got to learn a lot about not just the music which was associated with dance, but vocal music, instrumental music. So when I started working on my own, with my own choreographies or creative work, I could relate to music in a very, very, uh, very with a, with a depth of understanding. That's how I would describe it. And I could always find uh, an option, how to deal with a theme or how to deal with a composition. And uh, where to stop, why to stop there, how, which speed to use for a particular competition. So, you know, and so the, this music helped me understand the, I would say, the larger perspective of dance. In a larger perspective, not dance as dance, not the music of dance, but dance as a part of the whole world of Sangeet. Like they say, Gita Madam Tathagityam, right? So that was his influence. Then I did not learn directly from Pandit Maharaji Kalyanpurka, but he was religious guru first of all, so I got to learn many compositions. But he had a great influence on me with his, uh, his take on Katha. He always... Uh, he was a great one in Laikari. And uh, he thought, uh, take one composition and make maybe 10, 12 in a, a fraction of a, a, in a minute. Or, so that uh, how, how a composition grows, how a composition takes different forms, that, uh, that is one. Then he also, was for Parhan. He used to be very, very, very proficient. Very, his Parhan was like mantras, you know. So that also had a great influence. And he always said that stretch your body. So his uh, idea or his concept of Kathak was broad lines moving very gracefully on the stage, but to wide moments. So it gave me a, a, another dimension to my understanding of Kathak. And lastly, I learned uh, with Pandit Birju Maharaji also, and in workshops though, not, not very much, but I got influenced and also by the beauty of his lines. The beauty of his arm, um, the Vadhlao, yeah, the beauty of his, the, the lines of his body, the, 
because he is a great performer. You know, the Lepo, the immediate Lepo he establishes with his uh, audiences and, and the holistic balance uh, of the body. So I had uh, also, I'm, I think I always watched all the Kathak I could from different, different uh, dancers of, my, of previous generation, like Kumudani ji, Maya ji, uh, Roshan Kumari ji, Gopikrishna ji, Sitara ji. I'm taking a few names, but everybody, Durgalal ji. So I could uh, understand more and more. I could go deep into Kathak. I could understand how Kathak can broaden up how Katha can expand. And that's how I think I learned a lot. These All these people had profound influences on my understanding, I would say, and to develop my sensitivities about Katha. That's how I would describe it. According to you, when does a student know he or she is ready to start their journey? I think the teacher knows it first. Like, uh, you spot the talent or the potential in the student. And then you kind of nurture. And then the student also knows that I have it. Like, you know, some people are very good in life. Some people are very good in, they are very graceful. Some people have the presence on the stage. So the teacher always uh, kind of nurtures that uh, talent and that potential and then um, the students they come to know that and you also spot that whether the student because mere talent doesn't make you an artist so the teacher also puts that uh, hard sense of hard work which is required for dance you have like riyas huh? you have to do riyas and then yeah a uh, person comes back with Riyaz, then you say, do you see how much uh, your skill in doing that or the agility has increased in what you are doing? Is your, the finesse. So always try and tell the student. And after a couple of years, like six, six seven years, the student knows that you have the you are a dancer at heart. You are a dancer. You have the dancer's body. And uh, you have the inclination to dance. You want to dance. You are. You have the, uh, you know, lagan, because in dance, you have, you have a long, long howl. You really have to work hard and unless you get there, right? So, you have the tenacity also to have the to uh, not give up you need that conviction and strength so I think you develop it uh, because you love dance you want to dance so you do it and I'm sure you know this what I'm talking about every dancer has that that you want to dance come what may with uh, I think all the odds so I believe that the teacher inculcates that uh, or, and that transforms that love for dance into the student. Like 
again i would get my gorojes neurology she would say that i light up a lamp in the hearts of my students and then that that they carry that light all their lives with them taking the example of your project nishab to bhed which was based on a french documentary what elements should a choreographer focus on when trying to convey a non traditional story to his or her audience again i would uh, just uh, start by saying that i have i think that kathak dance has a lot of potential and it is a flexible form it is it adapts to other it can you can feel not feels you can gel it with many other um, art media so when i saw this uh, documentary i could see that uh, there was these colors there were these shadows and lights uh, active and passive areas of shadows and lights there was this uh, some areas very i would describe them in focus and some out of focus and the balance between those areas and the vegetation the movement of the vegetation the movement of the fish and uh, this uh, marine vegetation which was there and the fish going around and then it had a very very tremendous impression on me and i was like for a, for some time that uh, this was a different world which didn't have the sound which uh, but it was uh, it had the depth it had the depth of feeling it had uh, some mystique about it and uh, i thought that i would like to get into those mysterious areas and take my dance along with it like in a cove you enter a cove and you so that's uh, and um, again i would say that kathak dance you can explore spaces you can explore rhythm you can explore music different genres of music you if you want you can explore different literature different themes you can be abstract you can be dramatic so it gives you uh, i would say sky's the limit you can really really explore different areas also like uh, i will give you a small example like paran hmm. so um, it is like mantras it is like today's rap it is like a chorus so you can add so many elements to your choreographic expression so that's how different areas different corners and you highlight them and then you when that becomes your center point then you work your creative ideas around that center point that's how i would say that i essentially like to remain traditional i work in a very i never thought that uh, tradition is a hindrance or tradition binds me tight and i feel claustrophobic i always had the freedom i could go day deep and uh, i never felt that uh, i could be like in mishabdhe or um, so and another thing is 
then uh, when you explore this, you have another perception to look at your own tradition, another dimension to look at your own tradition. So you get, uh, you find even more nuances, even more uh, depth in your own tradition. Like um, you have to, I would say, redefine your own movement. You have to remodel your own angles. So it also gives you a lot of impetus or stimulus, I would say. And um, it works very well. I would say it works very well. Talking about the different genres of music, ma'am, you worked with French poetry, symphony music, uh, jazz music, and as a choreographer, how good is how good is it to mix two cultures of dance and music? Um, so I don't like to use the word fuse. I like to that. I said, no, no. Nowadays people call it fusion. I'm not saying you said it. I'm saying people like to say fusion. But I never thought of it as a fusion. I always, so I named it as a collage. So you have a, you know, they're both together. And together they make some very beautiful sense. They have their own identity. It's not as if they lose their identity. They fuse together. But they have their own identity. Like in a collage, sometimes you you see metal piece, sometimes you see a wooden piece, sometimes you see something on a paper, sometimes you see the bark of a tree, and put together so the texture is different, the colors are different, you know, the thickness, the thickness is different, but together they make something very, very beautiful. They give a good balance to the, you have to know how to make it, uh, make a balanced, harmonious art piece from it. So uh, I believe that uh, one can use the Kathak moment or Kathak angle or Kathak positioning uh, with the right uh, redefining, right uh, reamplification sometimes repositioning, then it works with different genres of music because the sound is different. But the music uh, rhythm is the same. Musicality, if I could, could use that word, musicality is the same. So if you can repeat to it with your, and especially the abstract. The abstract doesn't have... Uh, Abstract is abstract. You can relate it to any music. So that is rhythm and the musicality, the precision, the agility. You can relate to those qualities, you know. And uh, that's how I worked on different music. My process would be I would listen to that piece maybe over a hundred times, try to imbibe it inside me. Then work the, um, I would say, notation. Mm -hmm. Make a dance notation out of those pieces. Then work on movements. Then together I would see whether they, you know, they are friendly with each other. They they are comfortable with each other. Or they work, they, they, together they, if they make 
a semblance of beauty, that kind of thing. And then slowly, slowly I would piece it together to make a good composition, a good design. And that's how I work with symphony music or jazz music. And in jazz, in you have a lot of rhythm element to katha. And jazz has the rhythm element, like you said, that I want to move. I also want to move, but I want to move in a Kathak way. So that rhythm and also the other element of improvisation. Kathak is a khula dance, right? We have a lot of improvisation. So I worked on that, footwork, improvisation, rhythmics. And that's how I put things together to work with jazz or world music or a symphony music. And, uh, but uh, for this, again, what I, I would repeat what I said before, that I always saw all the Kathak I could see. And not just Kathak, but all dance forms I could see. I also could go I would go see paintings. I would go listen to all kinds of music on concerts. I would watch all experimental as well as professional theater. I would watch movies. So all these are, how do I say, all these are uh, fine arts which are actually interlinked. And uh, uh, they will help you in interdisciplinary work. So I would try to make my experience rich and richer and try to uh, connect it with my own idiom, Katha, which was my medium or my idiom of, ex- medium of expression, Katha. So I would try to relate it with Katha because I really only know, the only dance language I know is Katha. So I would try to put that expression through Katha. Hmm. to bring it out to Katha, to transform it to, into Katha or transmit it into Katha if you would like, if I could use that word. As we talk about mixing and calling this a collage, my next question to you is that being a choreographer, how does one present contemporary works within the traditional grammar? I look and try to find the more and more nuances or possibilities in Kathak, like I would explain to you, finding more and more possibilities of just one stance or one position. So we have so many. It's the same with rhythm. If I want to say ta, hey, ta, that's, we all know that, right? But I could say ta, hey, ta, ta, or I could say ta, Hey, ta, 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 right? So I could say ta, 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 So I would play around. I would say I would play around. Also with rhythm, also with sound, and also with the movement. I would put my body, I would put give body to that sound. So like that, I would work on it. I would remain within that tradition without feeling uh, suffocated. And that is the reason I never called it fusion. 
Sometimes I kind of take collage and sometimes I said trading the unknown. Uh-huh. So it's unknown, all right. So I'm trying to get familiar. But once you're there, you get familiar. Sometimes I called it encounter. So I meet for a while and then they part their own ways. You know, but I refrain from calling it Referring to your article titled Hollywood Kathak on Nartaki.com, what roles can Kathak teachers or gurus play to make Kathak thrive? I think um, I, in this, I wouldn't just answer Bollywood, but I would answer it as a whole. And then I think it would apply to Bollywood as well. What, because why do they take to, why do they are attracted to Bollywood? First of all, so I think that they make it very interesting the pre- with, with the presentation and with, uh, of course, uh, I'm not now, ha- I'm not talking about the economical, economic side of it because classical dancers don't have all those doubt, don't, that infrastructure or all that funding available to them. I understand that. But what we have to do as classical dancers is uh, we can't be, we have to make it very attractive and very interesting to common people. And how would we make it? Uh, sometimes, like I would say, that like dancers, not just young, all of us, we feel that, oh, that composition is, uh, I have learned it, just now learned it, I want to do it. But sometimes it is not suitable at one place where people are not uh, familiar with Kathak dance. So they feel that it's very difficult. They just feel that, that like a touch me not, you know. They feel that, oh, this is beyond me, or this is only for the elite, or this is only for a chosen few. So what we have to really do is make it, uh, without losing the substance, we have to make it, I would say presentable, or I would say make it approachable for common people. So, so when we teach, we would uh, we have to make it make sure that the child is attracted, not uh, like you know. We know also. We all know that everybody, all most of the children, are scared of maths. So how to make it attractive? So I would use the same example and say we have to make dance attractive. So how to make it? Like I said, that uh, we tell them the story of Krishna stealing the butter and say, oh, he's stealing like this, which is this mudra. And do you steal, how do you, or maybe say, while teaching mudras, like this, how Maharajji has this uh, approach that he says, Ginti, uh, with description of uh, so many uh, examples which are, around us. So once that child gets really interested, then probably we we have I'm just suggesting this. I can't say the oh this is the approach. But and for presentation I feel that we have to have use good questions, good lives. We have to help take help of good technology to make our lives our dance vibrant, mm-hmm. our dance is very impressive, which would make, uh, make an impact 
on the audience. Because 20 years ago, there was, uh, I don't know 20 years, but some years ago, like I like a young girl, there was no television, there was no YouTube, there was no access. So now they know about synchronization, common people. They know about the, they know what um, difference does it make uh, when you dress well, when you are, your makeup is good. So first, uh, at one time, there was no attention. I would say there was less attention to all these details. Now they are, I think, young dancers dress very well. Also, the makeup is very good. Uh, but we also have to take into consideration how we good music, good solid music, not just any music, good solid music. If we are recording a piece, a very, very professional recording, uh, what will happen? That maybe we could have just two tracks in one year because one has to invest a lot of money in a recording. I agree to that. But if we have to compete with people uh, from Bollywood or television, then we have to bring out the professionally professional technology with our end product. Our, our content is solid and uh, very strong. But we have to make uh, how like the today's in today's world they say uh, make a very good package of it to present it and uh, attract it to people because uh, otherwise even to take it to the West if we want to compete with the Western world we have to know how to present it how to make use of technology beautiful lights and. And we already see some people like your Rajendraji or Nirukmaji, they make good use of technology and they are at the forefront. So I acknowledge that, that that use of technology and use of being, I would say, being in the race with these people because we have very, very strong substance. It, they cannot match it. Uh, us with the substance, right? So we 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 sure to win if we keep a few things in our minds. What is your advice to students practicing the classical arts? I would I would want to give an advice, but I would say that uh, a few suggestions to cope with. Uh, like I have been talking about it, but some more. Like, uh, don't be afraid to experiment. That is the first thing I would say. Like, uh, try. What will happen? That uh, you might not get a very strong product. Maybe it might not uh, match to the standards what your gurus have said. But sooner or later you will get it. Don't shy away from experimenting. Because if you don't do it, I see many youngsters doing it because uh, they say, oh, I have to perform next week, so I'm working on something. But don't do that. Work on something because you want to as your expression. Think of a theme which attracts you, which wants, which you want to express through your dance medium. And uh, if supposing it doesn't work, you have plenty of options to dance on the stage. 
work on it until it gets up to the mark to that standard and then present it i feel that to work or experiment or to create just to put it on the experiment on the performing platform is not so good it's not a good idea work because you want to like a musician like a writer they would sit at the typewriter uh, at the laptop and yes work on an idea so work on an idea that was that would one one of my suggestions that uh, i i feel that don't shy away if the experiment fails that also teaches you a lot so have conviction and also i feel that you have to really love what you do that uh, when you are uh, doing you are doing something a moment you have to have love that moment. you are doing some expression you have to love that expression not do it because it's a, it's your profession you if you want to teach you teach because you love to teach you want to invest in your students if you want to perform you perform because you want to express and tell it express your own persona your own thought process to your medium yes so if you do that i think um, as i said before i feel the young people are very smart and uh, kathak would be uh, would be on a higher different level if you all do that and my best wish is to all youngsters thank you so much ma'am for taking the time to speak with us and impart your knowledge to all of us thank you so much to you my best 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 wishes to kalata kalata pasya and to more further and reach more and more heights thank you So I hope this interview with Guru Shama Bhate was insightful and hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. For more information, log on to our website www.kalatapasya.com. You can also find regular updates on our Instagram handle and Facebook handle named Kalatapasya. We will catch up soon on our next episode where we shall be bringing more interesting stories for you all. Kalatapasya